Hey everybody, and welcome to Was That Really Necessary, the podcast where we explore remakes, reboots, sequels, and prequels by weighing them against the original and asking the titular question, was that really necessary? I'm Zach Buell, and with me and always is my lovely and talented co-host, Paul Abishan. How are you now? You said tit. I did. So that means he's pretty good. It's a good day for us. It's really, really a good day for us. <laughs> So. No, I'm good. Thanks for asking. It's been uh, it's been a while since we've we've recorded one of these. It's been a busy, busy month for all of us, so it's good to be back, and uh, hopefully we can get back into the swing of things here. Yeah, it has been uh, it's, it's been it's been a little bit for uh, for both of us, but there's just been a, a whole lot of stuff going on in our lives. Um, if you haven't heard this show before, we actually go in and we watch a movie, and then we watch either the remake or reboot or sequel or prequel, and then we really try to evaluate them against each other, figure out if this was something that we you know really enjoyed and that we think that it was made with some sort of artistic integrity, or if it was purely pretty much just a cash grab, and they were like, hey, you know what's cool? Nostalgia. Let's try to get some of that sweet, sweet nostalgia money. Uh, today, per the last challenge that Paul got to issue to us, was we are watching Freaky Friday, the original 1976 film, weighing that against the beautifully redone 2003 film. It might have been sarcasm. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Just how a we touch. Feel. We may, Just we, a touch. We'll see how we feel as right. we go through this. Okay. Um, as previously mentioned, this was Paul's choice. This was. This was my choice. Drag I, me I own on. it. I own it. I owned it. Um, no, my, my <laughs> wife really loved this movie. I've. I have seen them, um, but yeah, I actually enjoyed watching the original. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. It was good. Good. All right. Um, well, I mean, we can bring get... it down with a little synopsis so that our listeners That's know what's exactly there. what I was going to say. What the, if if we were to go watch the original, Paul? How would you describe that original film? What was the plot? Well, schoolgirl, uh, aged uh, Annabelle, uh, who's just hassled by her mother, uh, Mrs. Andrews, uh, who in turn Mrs. Andrews is annoyed with her teenage daughter. Uh, classic story, right? Jeez, yeah, uh, yeah. They they each think that the other has an easy life on a on a normal Friday morning. <laughs> each complain about the other and wish they could have the easy life that uh, the mother or daughter has. Um, they wish for one day and it comes true. In uh, through some unspecified magical process uh annabelle and mrs andrews switch bodies and have to live a a freaky friday if you will uh as each other so, so it wasn't normal it was not a normal friday then. It, it was a normal friday that turned into a freaky, freaky friday, friday. Mm. um the mom <laughs> the mom even i think at one point goes something real freaky's going on Ooh. i actually watched it i loved the delivery of that line just uh the, I think it's like the first line when uh, the mother, Mrs. Andrews Barra Harris, becomes yeah. becomes Annabelle or however that works, the adult version of Annabelle. Yeah, whatever you want to call oh, it. Yeah. Something about that line I just thought was, was done well, delivered well. Um, again, yeah, so this movie came out in 1976 uh, based off a book written by Mary Rogers, uh, who uh, actually had a hand in writing this movie as well. Yeah, yeah yep. I did remember reading that. Yep. Um, so, right off the bat, I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I hated this movie. I, I, I like like intense hatred for the 1976 version of this movie. Uh, one of the things that you learn right away in screenwriting 101 is never include a voiceover. There are some obvious like you can you know you can excuse some movies. Some movies use it very well. This one is like, hey. 
did you want to know the plot of the movie? Good, because somebody's just going to be reading that off screen for you the entire movie. It is a classic tell, don't show, which is like the wrong thing to do. So 1976, just, I think things were a little bit differently, though. I tried to, uh, I tried to watch there that. There are some classics that have come out before then. This Absolutely. Is, this is pretty much... Like, Time is not excused for this one in my mind. <laughs> Some things I will excuse for time. The voiceover. I mean, if that's if that's uh, in my opinion, if that's what caused you to hate this movie, then we've got a, I've got a longer list for what, you of things what, well, <laughs> that I have problems with this movie. I have some other very big issues with this movie too. But the t- it's it's not that there was a voiceover right away. It's that the voiceover just kind of kept going, like. There are way better storytelling vehicles that you could use for a voiceover. So that just like, actually, yeah, yeah, I'll move on from that. But right away, it immediately rubs me the wrong way, and it really never recovered in my mind from that because then, yeah, I, I won't go get on. There is just rampant misogyny throughout this entire movie, and I cannot tolerate it. That one. If you're going to excuse one thing in this movie to the time that it was done in, that's the one, which is not an excuse for misogyny ever, but it was definitely way more prevalent at that point in the movie. Um, if you don't know, Gomez is in this movie, who I, I love. John Aston. Yeah, John Aston. For Astin, those who don't know. Um, from the from the Adams family, Mr. Yeah. Gomez himself, who is a wonderful actor, and I really enjoy it. But his whole character is just completely like making his wife a subservient. Oh, he might like, as well at one point just like backhanded her and said, "Bitch, make me a sandwich." It you is. Know, it's 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 bad. It it's is bad. Awful. It's and very that, 1976. That was, yeah, um, and that was what took me out of it too. Because again, for the in, in that time, it may have been more prevalent. But even then, that, even even then, it should have been tapering off. Like this, this feels. This movie feels like it should be a 1950s movie. Well, remind but yourself. But it's made in the 1970s. This is also a Disney movie. Hyper-conservative. So like, like, like era Disney, yeah, too. Yeah, hyper-conservative. <laughs> um, Pete's Dragon. Yep. <laughs> Super-conservative Disney times. Yep. Um, this is not the Disney that we know today that is more inclusive. Um, this is, I mean, not a person of color in no. this movie, like yeah. not not a a not even a fucking tan in this movie. The um, like sixties through the eighties for Disney were kind of a dark time. That it never really, if you go back and look at their, yeah. their general, you know, like filmography up until that point, it started in like probably the mid sixties up until the late eighties. Disney, everybody thinks of them now as just this huge juggernaut that is you know can do no wrong. Well, they did a lot of wrong. They did a lot of wrong. And this is kind of one of those perfect examples of a movie that i mean let's be honest here it's a kid's movie it's really not as bad i I, i'm going to take my very negative stance toward it it's it is what it is it's a kid's movie it 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 happened i can't it it, whatever but it, it is kind of indicative of this this time for disney where they are really not they don't really have their voice they're really their animated stuff really kind of suffers through this lull air period too, and then they started to try to branch out into some live action stuff. This is being one of them. Like Parent Trap is another one that's kind of from this era, which are eventually remade into you know other different pieces. But like this, this is when Disney was kind of faltering. They are not doing yes. super well. Yes, and this is kind of an example of like they tried to make a movie that they felt was fun for kids but kind of appeal to that old school audience so it comes off as a movie that yes in the 70s it was more acceptable but still even then was like starting to we're, we're past like some of the 
the civil rights stuff, the the women's suffrage stuff. Like this really does. This was like a 1950s movie that suddenly was produced in the 70s. I said it before. I'm going to say that again. It's just kind of oddly out of place. It's a weird anachronism of like this should be older than it actually is. Yes. Yes, but absolutely. Jodie Foster is in it. Jodie Foster is in it, so I was going to bring up, yes, Jodie yeah. Foster had a great, 1976 was a, a fantastic year for Jodie Foster. Yes. She had two movies come out that pretty much shaped her career from there moving forward. Okay. Between Taxi Driver yep. and this, both came out in 1976. Yeah. Huge year for, for her, obviously on the uh, children's uh, all watchable side, um, Freaky Friday <laughs> blossomed. And then there was that adult. There was this little girl playing a prostitute who, yep, you know, yep, was yep. taken under the wing by Robert De Niro. I mean, geez, this girl had a fantastic acting year. Um, yeah. She had two huge movies. Both showed range of what Jodie Foster can do. I like Jodie Foster as an actress. I, think I do, she's, too. I, I think she's do. fantastic. She's, she's crazy talented. Um what I really liked about Freaky Friday is the message, the overall message that g- g- the grass it's isn't always okay green. okay to keep women downtrodden? Yes. Well, <laughs> we all know that. I'm kidding. I'll preface this now for listeners who may not know who I am. I'm fucking kidding. But I am just messing with you. I mean, the, the true overall essence of the movie is that the grass is not always greener. Parents have it hard. Kids have it hard. Parents... Uh, I mean, Will Smith, parents just don't understand. My parents don't <laughs> understand what I went through. I'm not going to understand what my kid went through. And, nice Will Smith pull. Right? <laughs> uh, but that's really what this is. This is really one of those first genres. that, And, and this kicked off so many similar movies in the 80s that... Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be remade over and over and over. This is a classic story that will stand the test of time. Uh, I mean, in the '80s we had 18 again with mm-hmm. George Burns, mm-hmm. uh, like father like son with Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron, yeah. vice versa with Judge Reinhold and yeah. Fred Savage. All of them are body switches. Well, or, yeah, well, and you can even take this a little bit further if you go into something like. A big, yes. or even like a thirteen going on thirty, or something like that. Where I mean, where, I, where I'm you, just naming a few. These, well, I mean, this spawns so much shit. Say, you're, you're looking at it specifically from like a body switch standpoint, mm-hmm. and I'm saying that I think this went on to do other things. And I, for the record, I agree with you. I think this the the story itself is 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 a nice. It's a great thought. It's a great interesting piece where you're forcing. You're. It's, I mean, it's good for from the perspective of the kid and adult, but it can go further than that where it's just like putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Yes. Right? That's just that kind of generic thought of like, stop and think about what somebody else, how somebody else feels during this. So that's a good, I think that's a, a, a great message in there. I think that it gets, unfortunately, I like that it was remade. I'm not necessarily going to say that I think that it was necessary. We'll get to that later. But... I, I like that this was remade with a more modern telling of it because I think that message gets on a more, I guess, quote-unquote enlightened view or maybe, to use a parlance of our times, the more woke view that we have nowadays. Whoa. Yeah, that's right. I'm woke, motherfuckers. Motherfucker uh, woke? <laughs> I think that that that's what kind of clouds it a little bit in my eyes is because I couldn't I couldn't get over some of the it's it's pretty shoddily made filmmaking, but it's it's a it's a low-budget 1970s like Disney movie this is not a you're not looking for the pinnacle this is bear in mind this is made at the same time as 
The Exorcist or The Omen or, you know, like... Oh, the, yeah. Like, the, there are other great movies that are happening. Even, like like you said, Taxi Driver. Like, holy crap, there are some amazing things happening right now. So, but I'm also... It's unfair to try to compare it to some classics like that because it's not. Um, and I think the misogyny is tough to get over. And it's... it's it's like excusing a racist thing that happened in the past. It's just like, well, it was a product of the times. Well, yeah, that doesn't make it okay. But it's good historical context for that this was a little more prevalent then. I'm glad that they didn't try to, like, bury this movie. They still have it out there. They didn't try to, you know, like, oh, yeah. upon the, the, the Me Too movement, they weren't just like, hmm, maybe we should sweep this under the rug. It's like, Disney's been pretty decent, and, and Warner Brothers, too, actually, to their credit, about just being like, listen... We did some stupid shit in the past. Here it is. We're not going to try to sugarcoat yeah. it. Um, so, I, I mean... And I, mean, and, 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 and I mean, I don't want to get into the whole social justice warrior thing here, yeah, but I think yeah, we want to yeah. look at, too, that's is, you know, it, yes. that, that's not our podcast. Yep, <laughs> you made some, you, you, you did some shit back then, but let's look at where Disney is today. Mm-hmm. And I think they're one of the more inclusive companies um, that we're seeing around the yeah. animated and what they're doing. I mean, Moana, Coco, I mean, just a lot of things that, that we're seeing that, I mean, again, with that, I, I well, want to move on. From, to... I want to move on from this, but I mean, you even look at like yeah. what Disney's doing with the recent Little Mermaid. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it, they are really trying to. Even going trying. back into like the 90s, they were yes. trying to do this too with like Pocahontas, which is not a particularly enlightened no. movie either, but they're attempting to. They're making things more inclusive. They're working they're, on they're it. They're working on it. Everything's and, getting a little bit better. Yeah, they're, they're trying. Uh, you they're did trying. mention budget though. So I do want to I do want to pivot because you mentioned budget in this movie. Yeah. These guys had a budget of $5 million, uh, which. which in 1976, it's pretty is, good actually. I'd yeah, say middle I of the road yeah. um, when it comes to budgetary for movies. Um, for a Disney movie, today's standards is, is nothing. It's a yeah. like Iron Man's glove. Yeah, like that's what that's what it was <laughs> it's about today. Four seconds of po- Toy Story rendering. Yeah, exactly. Um, did a gross gross domestic of 25, a little over 25 million, almost 26 yeah. million. So this is a hit for sure. I mean, super big like, hit definitely. in the day. This yeah. even then, um, to this was a big deal um like i said jodie foster was a pretty big name at that time coming Mm -hmm. out you had Mm -hmm. um like i said john astin who was uh excuse me adam's family was pretty much over at that point so he's he's still riding the gomez adams coattails yeah and he always always had some some film stuff that he dabbled in, but he was oh. definitely by far and away best known as Gomez Adams. Absolutely. Like, for sure. He's, I mean, he was married to Patty Duke. Uh, yeah. His son is Sean Aston yep. uh, or adopted. Son. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, Sean, I mean, it, he comes from, uh, he's, he comes from a good background. He's a well-known actor. When this came out, he was a well-known actor. Yeah. So they, they had some names, some star also, power. Side note. He's still alive. He is I did still not alive. realize yeah. that. I uh-huh. was pretty sure he had passed away. No, John he's still, is still Bar- alive. Barbara Harris is dead. Um, the mom. Yeah, the mom is unfortunately buried here in Wisconsin. Oh, I didn't she's know from that. she's from Illinois. No idea why she's buried here in Wisconsin. Interesting. But uh, Marcus in Wisconsin, out by Fond du Lac. For those not listening, not from Wisconsin. That's a city here. Yeah, Fond Fond du Lac. Fond du Lac. Um, also, this did take place on a Friday the thirteenth. Uh, allegedly the Friday in November uh, in that year was Friday the 13th. Yeah. So yeah. fun fun fact to go along with that. Um, uh, I just, I think it's, I think what my most interesting piece of this was, and you know, you bring up the good, you know, like budget um, at back. So just so everybody knows too, this was made 1976. The top three movies that year were Rocky, 
a movie called To Fly, exclamation point, which I've never heard of. Never, never heard once. Of that one apparently just nobody cares about. And then A Star is Born, a movie for the potential future episode of, uh, of this uh, particular thing. So this movie didn't fare super well in regards to those. Um, a couple other notes that I really thought interesting about this, cigarettes everywhere, everywhere. in the film. It was, it was impressive. So the, to go along with the rampant misogyny, um, but there's like, <laughs> at one point, again, I'm going to make this point again, but this feels like a movie that was written 20 years prior to even 1976 because there is a point where somebody says, well, that rock and roll music. I'm like, um, Woodstock is eight years in the past at this point. Yeah. I think you can stop calling it yeah, that, that rock and roll. And I think I think the point of that, too, in some terms is, again, that's like saying in, my grandma today knows about any band going on right now. Like yeah. these are older people saying that rock and roll. So in, in the seventies, sure. Rock and roll was prevalent amongst the kids, yeah, but I even suppose, 10, but... I mean, John Aston's first off, there is in real life only five years between Barbara Harrison, and John Aston, but Which he is... looks so much older than her in he this does. movie. And that's what's interesting about that too. Just to touch on that for a sec, this is actually kind of a nice example of, holy shit, they actually cast people that are approximately the same age. Because yes. generally nowadays, if you look at any movie, it's a man who is probably 15 to 20 years senior of the lady, and that's kind of its own issue in and of itself. So it's kind of interesting. It's re- almost yep. refreshing to see that, even though you say, he looks a lot more. He did. I actually had to look it up. Like, what was the age difference? And there was only five years, and, I, and that's really not a lot. Yeah. Um, the but, green screen is terrible. Oh, the green screen is terrible. Hilarious. The oh my god. Screen, the water skiing yeah. is is probably one of the worst wigged stuntmen ever. The the whole. I thought church lady. It looked yeah. like Dana Carvey it, it, as the church lady <laughs> on fucking water skis. Like oh it, that's how yes, bad the wig and the costume looked. So it was the the final set terrible. piece of this movie is in case you guys don't like the. As Paul described, they, they switch bodies. They have to go through all these things. The you know Jodie Foster finds out in her mom's body that it's much more difficult than she thought, and vice versa. And then it ends with a water skiing set piece where they end up like switching bodies back, and suddenly Barbara is on the water skis, and it's the worst green screen you've ever seen in your life. And it is like Paul said, clearly in the long shots, a dude in a wig in a dress. Like yeah. it is so just not blatantly even, not again, even attempting to be not a woman. even like let's find a. <laughs> good female water skier. I don't even like, think he shaved his a, legs for these long yeah, this is a dude like yeah, this, this is, is a very dude. clearly a dude um <laughs> which which again weirdly I didn't I still don't get it I still don't understand in the beginning their minds switch but the bodies don't and at the end the body switch and the minds don't like they no explanation why this happened no, like there's so many fucking holes in this that it, it just it almost <laughs> gonna get picky about the plot of this movie. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna get fucking picky about the plot of this movie. This it it bothers me. I just want to know why. And we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna I just want to know why. You sound like understand. my mom when I got arrested. I'm not angry. I just want to know why. why. Uh, when we talk about the 2013, <laughs> they actually solved that problem for me. 2003. 2003. Excuse me. Um, they solved that problem for me. So that's why I bring it up now. So that yeah. when we talk about them. You understand. But anyway, I <laughs> I had a problem with that at the end. Yeah, because, and just so, in, in case you guys haven't seen the movies in a while, the what he's talking about is, in the beginning, they switch minds. So suddenly, the mother's mind is in Jodie Foster's body, but she's like, all of a sudden, she's just in this, like, malt shop. They're, they're having, like, a, a nice, again, 1970s, these weren't, like, they, they're going down to have a, a nice phosphate at the local malt shop, like, 
This Gotta is, go down and talk to the soda jerk. Hey, yeah. she. But uh, so she she wakes up and they they switch minds and then all of a sudden in this final set piece it's it's Barbara in Jodie Foster's body and she is going to be water skiing and then when they switch in the end of the movie suddenly the mom's body is on the water skis and Jodie Foster's body is back trying to drive a car like they don't explain how all of a sudden their bodies physically switched locations and it's just what and what, then, what? then she's like fucking hand gliding or yeah. hang gliding and like no explanation on how like we were watching a little girl in a ski outfit and all of a sudden there's a woman in and a black she, dress yeah she's in her dress too. like in a like, black dress like it, this is maybe i could excuse it if she was in the ski outfit maybe but even then it's still weird. They like, like matter transported it. Borderline child abuse where she's like, I don't want to go. And he's like, get on those goddamn skis. Like, I was ready for her to like bend her over her knee and like beat the shit out of her. Yeah, it's not just like, misogyny. Those goddamn skis. Like some... I told my friends, I'm like, whoa, dad, you need to calm down. Like, Yeah, that shit's okay. That, so that anyway, an one. Yeah. I mean, hey, maybe <laughs> every generation gets better, right? <laughs> um, but I, I mean, overall, did did you happen to find any reviews for this? I did actually. So um, you know, starting off with a nice little five star. Who doesn't love to to start? We got to start off nice, right? You gotta, yeah. You gotta be happy about this type of stuff. So um, this was on Amazon. Uh, this was a, a nice little five-star review that says, always been a favorite of mine. And it says, it's a perfect after work on a Friday evening view. However, it seems to get out of hand with the police chase, but still a good, clean Disney picture. I really like that they were like, hmm, gets a little out of hand with the police chase at the end. That's where it gets out of hand. That, that's, yep. that's Otherwise, mwah, perfection. Good, perfect. clean family picture. Nothing about misogyny or anything like that. Nope. 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 What about you, Paul? You got a five-star review for this? Uh, I do. Uh, even Jodie Foster can't ruin this Disney classic. <laughs> You'll bust a gut from start to finish. This is over-the-top comedy at its best. They're insinuating that Jodie Foster, Academy Award-winning actress, I know she hasn't won it at this point yet, but is still, again, as you said, prove that she can do well. That she's Even she can't ruin this. Even Jodie Foster can't ruin this. this I mean, what has that bitch done? Oh, by the way, spelled Jodie Foster wrong. Just yeah. so you know, with a Y, it's an I E. Yeah. Um, and I would like to. I would. I would like to point out too, the review that I read was from 2019. I don't know when your review was. So I was just going to preface that as well. Mine's from 2018. So again, we're not looking at reviews from 1976, where they're probably like, "Oh my God, this this girl is going to be something." I, I I agree with that, but. That makes it worse <laughs> it does. because they have all the whole context for this. And I'm looking at that going, this is from 2019 and you don't even decide to mention anything about the fact that there's this whole misogyny factor to it that we, anyway. Um, now, wait a Paul, minute. Now, I would like to read you a one star. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had a, a nice little one star in here. One star written in 2009. Ooh. Just so you know. Ooh. One star, which, by the way, is very hard to find for this movie. It was, it was difficult. There are difficult. not a lot of one star uh, reviews for this. Yes. Based on content, there was not a lot of one star reviews, but I found one. Although it was nice to see the historical aspect of this film, it was pretty demeaning to women and, frankly, men as well. Poor acting and slapstick will go over well with children, but will only great 
on their parents' nerves. You had a couple of interesting, like, basically perfect dichotomies of the, like, yes. one person loves the overly slapstick thing and this person hates I it. I chose these two very like specifically. Like um, they were, A, because I think the one star actually really held true to my views. Uh, which, yeah, yeah. As soon as you started talking, I was like, oh, I can't wait for my review. I, um, I actually, and it's interesting, this one touches on the de- demeaning to men, too, because it is, Gomez, it's, it, not only is he just rampantly, overly mean to his family but like he is painted as a completely complete buffoon he has yes. zero skills in any way shape or yep. form in his life so it's true he is he is not nobody's painted well in this i think <laughs> no they're not mean to they're not nice to boris no, uh, they treat no, boris they like That's garbage right. yeah. um which is which boris is the only character to appear in both mm, so he was in the clever. 2003 yeah. version as well yeah. uh but he's the only one to appear in both um but yeah they were just mean to that kid like mm-hmm. treated him like dirt uh, I, 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 I agree with these. I'm hoping you found one as well for yeah, one star. Actually, my one star was just uh, called, wow, that was bad. I wanted so much to like it because it is Jodie Foster. So see, this person wanted to like it because of Jodie Foster. See? See, how, see how we're doing this? We're flipping them around. We're I like this. We did not coordinate these. We, we do did these not. anonymously beforehand. So that was... You guys get to read know, them to each other. Yeah, it's always yeah. just a fun little thing for us. Uh, well, I think... Any, any final thoughts on Freaky Friday 1976? So no final thoughts, but let's transition over. But before we do, I think it is worth mentioning. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We are going to talk about the 2003. Mm-hmm. There they, is a 2018. There is a 2018 musical that came out. But yeah. there was also a 2000, or 1995 made-for-TV movie yep. with Shelley Long too. and Gabby Hoffman. Yep. Everyone knows Shelley Long from Cheers. Cheers. She was in. She did the Brady Bunch movies, yep. um, and then Gabby Hoffman was a child actress who is now in the show Transparent. Yeah, she, um, she never was, got as huge, but is still. You probably she's probably, probably doing her. more as I think she's doing more now. Yeah. Than she did. I think she did one movie um, then and now that was really popular yeah, that yeah, had yep. um, uh, Christina Ricci. Anyway, that was done. It was a TV movie for ABC. Just. In case there's some fact checker out there who's like, oh, well, you didn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, I did. Um, <laughs> but yes, they did do this in 2003. Zach, is there any synopsis that you have? Yeah, so the wide generation gap between Tess Coleman and her teenage daughter Anna is more than evident. They simply cannot understand each other's preferences. On a Thursday night, they have a big argument in a Chinese restaurant. Both of them receive a fortune cookie each from the restaurant's owner, owner's mother, which then causes them to switch bodies the next day. As they adjust with their new personalities, they begin to understand each other more, and eventually it's the mutual self-respect that sorts everything out. It's actually a pretty damn good synopsis. It actually right is there, pretty good, right? You have the fortune cookie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to bring it up right away. Yep. It explained it. It explained how they got So It explained how they got back. I'm going to bring up what I didn't like about that, which Please is do. it's racist. Oh, it's racist as shit. It is real racist. Um, um, this whole setup for, is just like they go to this Chinese restaurant. Like they are terrible caricatures of what Chinese people think. This is the 2003, the like 16 years on what we're looking at it presently. This is that showing because that was still kind of cool then. Like we have the mystical Asian, like the classic mystical Asian character that is going to like have this magic fortune cookie. It wouldn't be as bad though if those restaurants, you know, those restaurants actually exist where people actually dress like that. Mm -hmm. This takes place in LA. Oh yeah. yeah, So this is, this is a big, I mean, 
I'm not saying it's not wrong. Yeah. But these places exist. It's not like they just were like, oh, hey, let's create this restaurant oh, yeah. just for oh, this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a fucking real restaurant. Yep. I mean, you could say the same about a lot of movies that have those types of Japanese restaurants in them. Wholeheartedly. Also, I think it's Chinese. But you actually, are right. You know what? I, I, yeah, no, it is Chinese restaurant. I, was just, I just read that. Uh, anyway, that, 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 that beside the point. Um, first thing I noticed, there's no voiceover. I there's no voiceover? My one... My one immediate complaint, and this is permeated throughout the movie, and this is really more just me being a, not a huge fan of this, but uh, most of the movie is just permeated with crappy pop punk covers of different songs. Thank you. So that was something. <laughs> oh my god, this is classic early two thousands. It is. It really is. Yeah. Like Bowling for Soup does some yeah, weird wanna covers be no in there. Doubt, like like yeah. wanna be no doubt bands mm-hmm. who do cheesy covers of songs, and I will refer back to. Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You at yep. the very end with Letters to Cleo. Like, it's it's that throughout the entire fucking movie. Mm-hmm. The entire movie. And by the way, the uh, Chinese lady um, yeah. was Lucille Song, who is a very, very famous. She's on Fresh Off the Boat. She yep, was yep, in yep, yep. Desperate Housewives. She was the hand, I mm-hmm. do believe, at one point in um, the... Uh, Marvel's... Yeah. Um, uh, was that Daredevil or... Daredevil, I yeah. believe, yes. I think so. I mean, she has been in a ton of things. So when I saw her, I was like, oh, I know who that is. My uh, my favorite I know who that is, aside from, like, uh, Stephen Tobolowsky, which... Oh, oh. My boy. So uh, is it weird what? that every time I think of him, I think he just has a gigantic dick from Ned? Californication? I'm like... Oh, 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 I didn't even think of that. I See, I think of Groundhog's Day. Oh, I think of Californication <laughs> now. Like, all I think all right, is, like, him enough. and Pamela Alden together. So anyway, yeah. I, I digress. Uh, but so Stacy Hinkhouse, the mean girl in yes. this movie, uh, I immediately recognize her as Amber from Dodgeball. Yep, she is the uh, the cheerleader girl that Justin Long has a thing for in Dodgeball, which made me laugh. Uh, it, the other thing that I have in my notes, which was just like, whatever happened to Chad Michael Murray? He's like a thing now. <laughs> is he really? Yeah, no he's way. like he's popular like... again. He was in. Um, he was the most. So he was in Riverdale. That's why he's a thing now. Oh, okay. He's in that new show, Riverdale. Uh, people love him. But what else? If, he... if listeners don't know who Chad Michael Murray is, Chad Michael, I just, just to put this into perspective, Chad Michael Murray plus Lindsay Lohan might be the most 2003 couple you could ever have. He yeah. was on, well, he was One Tree Hill, right? He was One Tree Hill. Yeah, and he was just the, the he was Dawson, the hot. He was on Dawson's, Dawson's Creek, Creek for a little while. He was while. the hot teenage dude. Gilmore like, te- Girls. I put teenager, teenage in quote because he's playing a teenager. He's probably 30 at this point. <laughs> How old is he when this movie I is I have made? no idea. Uh, I mean, he's, so here. he is 30. He Eight years old. Oh, so I guess he would have been in 2003. He would have been only early 20s. Only he's still, early 20s. But he's still trying to be like a 16 year old in this movie. I mean, if this was Lindsay a, Lohan was aptly um, cast in this because at this point she would have been 17. She would yeah. have actually, or, well, probably 16 when it was filming. Mm-hmm. So she actually was a teenager. That was pretty legit. He was in his 20s already, which is that's a whole other kind of weird thing about this when you really break it down. But they are the most 2003 couple you could ever have absolutely and Lindsay lohan is the definition of 2003 hot in this movie she is the like sort of misunderstood sort of goth but not actually in any way shape or form a goth or 
alternative She's kid. like, I'm going to try to be goth, not like, yeah. these are the clothes that I have. It's the Disney goth it's version, Disney which goth. quite literally, it is Disney goth in, <laughs> in this, which just made me laugh. Yes. She's in a band, uh, her mom, Jamie Lee Curtis, who is rocking some serious fucking Palm Pilots in this. Like, oh good my God, God that I love that. That scene was amazing oh. with all the electronics she has oh, to carry with so her. so good. Oh, which is now just, you know, none of them, it, they, it's, it's your phone. It's just your phone. That's all she has now, but it's just so good to look at that and be like... <gasps> Oh yeah, and then uh, she. So she is. I love one of the things that I love about this particular um, remake is that they went and they clearly looked at what happened in the 1976 one and thought, "Hey, we're going to turn a few things on their head." So my complaint about yeah, they kind of made the Asian people racist. That's a very racist stereotype there. Um, One thing that I will commend them on is they went from okay. We had some real fucking misogynistic tendencies yep. in that first one. To Jamie Lee Curtis is a super successful single mom who is working through this, trying to do that, and trying to get trying to remarry. She found a guy now that she loves, who is a super nice dude that is supporting of her. That is like they have a good relationship. Yes. It's Mark Harmon, yeah. pre NCIS Mark Harmon. Like they did a really good job of actually setting up their relationship only, and doing that. Not like, only that, was that good. though, I will interject because I agree with you wholeheartedly, but yeah. not only did they make Jamie Lee Curtis kind of a single mom, yeah. but a successful yeah. work. She's a, she's a doctor. She's, she's a therapist. Yeah, and she's she, writing a book, which is a whole scene in the and movie she's, where... And she's got a, a press tour that's going on yeah, about this. Yeah, I mean, like, they... They yeah. weren't like, oh, you're a waitress. Like yeah. they, no, they is, made her successful. They made, they gave her a, a very. She's intelligent. She's yes. independent. She's like, she. That's that's like a whole point is that like Mark Harmon at some points during the movie is just saying like you won't ever let me help you or let me do this type of stuff. Like she is fiercely independent. Yes, I can appreciate that. And the one other thing that I will say is when they usually make this type of character in any sort of movie where they have like a successful woman, the tendency is to make this person a raging bitch or a person that absolutely, that is like so unfulfilled in their life that they just have to have a man there to complete them. And they did neither of those things. She is a night. She's, she yep. argues with her teenage daughter who doesn't, but she's a nice, well-revered person that is not a, not a crazy person. And she doesn't need Mark Harmon. They truly love each other. It is exactly. not this like, Oh my God, I have to fill this hole because I don't have a man near me. Yep. It is a, you know what? There's a loving, caring relationship that she wants. She wants her daughter to love him. She wants to continue with this life. And it's weird that that is really progressive in this movie because there are some other parts of it that just really aren't. So that was a, that was refreshing. I will was, commend the movie wholeheartedly on that. It was nice to have that. Um, I I really liked overall the again I it it was. 16 years ago but yeah. for the time they brought new things to to light as far as parent conflicts children mm-hmm. conflicts some things were still the same you know they still had where uh, Lindsay Lohan as the mom mm-hmm. realized that her little brother does idolize her which yeah. happened yeah. in the which other is a cute one. thing um, yeah. they I really I actually enjoyed the scene with Steven Tobolowski where she was like wait a minute you you are doing this, and it's kind of that whole thing where she's been telling her mom that this teacher hates her, picks hates her, and her, hates her, yeah, and picks and on her, and the mom but, in Lindsay Lohan's body gets to figure out you truly are you, just actually singling it because my mom rejected you for a prom date years ago. Yes, I thought that was. I actually thought that was well written. I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was well done. Yeah. I liked. I I as an adult and as a parent now look at Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm like. She's not, no, she's not asking anything. She's, like you said, to your point, she's not a bitch. She's mm-hmm. not asking for 
crazy things from her daughter. Just get your ass out of bed. Be a respectable human being. I get it. Um, I I will say that a little trivia to go along with this. The first person they actually approached to play this role was Jodie Foster, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she turned it down. She yep. wanted the she she liked the idea of the movie. Wanted it to kind of have its own legs and yeah. not yep. feel. Um, like uh, not put the focus on. She want to make it feel like a rehashing, like that, like yeah, yeah. I, which I, I appreciate. And then they wanted Annette Benning. Yeah, and I I'm really glad they went with Jamie Lee Curtis. I think Jamie Lee Curtis was the best choice for it. Probably. Now to flip that, yeah, the original person by Mark Harmon was Tom Selleck, and mm. I would have loved to have seen Tom Selleck. I Mark play Harmon Ryan. is fine for this role, but Mark Harmon is, and if you've ever watched NCIS. Dude is a fine actor, whatever, but he is bland. He is He's the, bland. Yep. He is the stereotypical innocuous stepdad. And like that was, is the perfect character for him to play. But Tom Selleck. But would I have wanted to feel much bad better. for him, yeah. and I didn't. I'm like, eh, you're just was, kind of a dude. Like fine. I wanted to be a really likable stepdad. Where I'm yeah. like, wow, oh, Lindsay Lohan's kind of a bitch for not liking this really nice guy. Yeah. Which that is pretty much how it all turned out in the end. Um, My, you know, I thought the. So instead of water skiing at the end, they do the guitar and the band. Yeah, and the, just playing the band on stage. Um, yep. Really cheesy. Oh just, yeah, it's just super. Not cheesy. a fan of of that. I mean, if we're getting into stuff that we didn't like, this movie and the previous movie both reek. I, I talked about how the 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 seventy six one just feels like it was out of place. Like it was a yeah. script that was either my surmise. I surmise that either it was a script that was written previously that they just didn't adapt into the seventies or it's a script written by some 50 and 60 year olds trying to emulate what it was like being a kid then. And I look at the script for this 2003 version and I have the same feeling like there are lines like, Oh my God, I look like the crypt keeper. Dude, come on. Tales from the Crypt ended in like 96. That's a dated reference from like 10 years ago. So it's, that it yeah. reeks of people and then all the all the pop punk like covers that they have going throughout there. Um it's the the kid is very the the little brother is written all those comedy pieces are very slapstick. The grandfather. Everything is very very slapstick. It just reeks of of Earthquakes, bits. I can't hate those. But and then the the Asian, the mystic Asian thing. Everything reeks of just a a person who's just slightly out of touch with everything. Because Lindsay Lohan is again, as we said before, is kind of the it's the parents' idea of what a goth kid would be. So you can kind of tell that like they did some things right in the 2003 mm-hmm. version but you can definitely tell that even this version very clearly written by some people that are not as out of touch as 1976 but mm, they're still pretty out of touch with they, what was going on Disney had their touch like they gave yeah. it they gave it the Disney touch they did and which is which is honestly it's them trying to it's 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 broadening the audience they are not they are trying to pitch it to the adults they are trying to to get some some people there to support it in the older demographics they can't just shoot for the teenagers whatever yep. So I will say this was directed by Mark uh, Mark Waters. Yes, it was. Um, who did Mean Girls, who I thoroughly enjoy. Mean um, the Girls? Spiderwick Chronicles, but Mr. Popper's Penguins, Ghost of Girlfriend's Pass, Vampire Academy, and Bad Santa the two? 2. Like what? Yeah, I saw that and I was like, really? That's a left turn? Yeah, and one well, was written by Heather Heather Hatch. Hack? I don't know what her... It would be funny if her, she was a writer and she was a hack. <laughs> um, but she wrote uh, the um, Legally Blonde the musical yeah and what to expect when you're expecting the movie actually which is just like 
interesting. I, uh, side note, that, I actually enjoyed that movie. I've, I've actually heard not terrible things. And you compare this to the original one, which was directed by Gary Nelson, who basically just did a whole bunch of TV shows like Gilligan's Island, Get Smart. Yeah. Um, a boy, The Boy Who Talked to Badgers was a movie, apparently, that happened in the 70s. Neat. And then it was written by the writer who really just wrote the original Freaky Friday. So at least this 2003 version has people that did other things. Not necessarily great other things, but other things nonetheless. Um, what was our budget stuff on this? Yeah, so these guys came with a little bit more money than $5,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a total budget for the film at $26 million. So more, oh, okay. than, more than the first one even made gross mm-hmm. domestically. Um, opening weekend, abysmal $22 million. Hmm. A uh, that is that is after a wide release, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, gross USA total is 110 million. So it had a pretty good multiplier then off of that first weekend. Yeah. Must have just had some staying power that people just kept going to see it. I would assume. Yep, and then worldwide, I mean, 116 plus million. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not bad. Again, we're not talking today's Disney movie standards yeah. by by today's movie standards. If that Disney makes a hundred million, that's still a pretty, uh, especially if I have a budget of 25 or 20, whatever it is. Yeah, 25. Yeah, I mean, I think that nowadays Disney's expecting a hundred million on opening weekend. Yeah. Or the first month. Yeah, and that otherwise it's just kind of a disappointment. So this was number 21 in 2003 when it came out, which puts it under the likes of Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, yeah. Finding Nemo, and Pirates of the Caribbean for that movie. I mean, it was, so, it was up against some big stuff that yeah. year. Well, and if you look at it, like Pirates of the Caribbean, and Finding Nemo are both Disney, Disney movies, so hey, they you know what they made a hundred million off of this. They can write that off as like a yeah, that's a pretty decent win for us, considering we have yeah. two of the top three that year. So yep. I think they were probably okay. I think you know what, Paul, I think Disney will survive as a company. I think they're gonna be okay. I think they're gonna be okay. So that being said, can you give me a five star review of this movie, Paul? I can. Okay, I can. Um, this one was, was written in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, my daughter used a monologue from this. So we watched it together. It was okay. really enjoyable and funny. That's it. Hmm. My five-star review is titled, Wide Variety of Movies. And the five-star review goes, would be cool if I could make in-app purchases instead of having to go to the website. Hmm. That's a five-star review of this movie. I just want to point that out. It is a person complaining about an app, but somehow it yields five stars. Okay. So, good on you, Keith Carpenter. What about a (laughs) one-star review? Well, I have a one-star review that is titled, Crappiest of the Crap. (laughs) It is, this movie really sucked. It was so bad that it actually slowed down time to make viewing all the more painful. It is your typical Disney movie with all the little crappy Disney one-liners and their stupid Disney lesson to be learned at the end. Add in a horrible band of one of the main characters and you have grade A crap. Paul, what was your one star review? Mine is titled, This is a Candidate for the Prestigious Title of Worst Movie Ever. Ooh. Writer writes, and again, this is from 2005. So this mm-hmm. is this is right around the time that it came out. You know, mm-hmm. I, I knew this. I knew from the previews this was going to be dumb. I didn't want to see it, but was forced to in band class. Amazing what bad movies you see in band class. The big draw of this movie is how a teenage girl switches with her mom. The big problem is the bad chemistry between whatever sucker played the teenager and her mom. 
Notice they didn't know who Lindsay Lohan yeah, really whatever, was then. Like, yeah, whatever a, sucker. Like, she's a big star even at this then point. She was, like, Mean <laughs> Girls was out. Uh, the two didn't go together well, and the most emotional moments seemed so forced. Oh, yeah, and it's painfully unfunny. The concept is pretty stale, and let's not forget how stupid the title is. So just going to throw this out there. My thoughts, because of the reference of the whoever the sucker, whatever sucker played the girl, like that's fucking Lindsay Lohan. This was probably the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're if, if this was written in 2007 and you're in in band class, yeah, are you really gonna go back to Amazon to right? Like what high schooler does it? This was probably the teacher who this was like, let's watch this is fun. Hundred percent. So. So let's do a quick breakdown of comparing the two. Yeah. Um, let's look at our scoring criteria of cast, acting, direction, script, product value, production value, and enjoyment value. So looking at the cast, 1976 versus 2003, Paul, what are your feelings on that one? I'm going to go with the new one. Yeah. I like Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, not, I mean, there were definitely some more quote unquote bigger names in mm-hmm. the newer, in the newer one. Um, I, I, I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't care much for the acting outside of Jodie Foster, like I said. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I, I kind of wanted to give it to the old one for this one, but to real, realistically, it was just it was a better, better, better cast, which leads us into acting, which you already touched on. To I think it was better acted in the new one as well, partially because I think they just it's a more naturalistic what we're used to style of acting when you get into movies that old, but also because I just yeah it was felt very old fashioned even for 1976 for me for the acting. So yeah. Um, direction slash script. What are you thinking? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the newest one. I mean, mm-hmm. like I mean, we've covered it. I mean, we've beaten the shit out of it at this mm-hmm. point. Just less misogyny. I mean, yeah. less. Not not a completely erasing. <laughs> it's not a perfect script, but I have to agree with you. It's um, definitely the new one. It's just it's, the it's new just a one. better made movie. It, it is. Yeah, I am segmenting or segueing into segmenting. Jesus, segueing into production value. I have to go with the new one because the old one was like just those green screens yeah, and everything I about mean, it was just like this was kind of cheap even in '76. Yeah. No, not not like super cheap, but even so, like yeah, could done better. Uh, and then finally, enjoyment value. Which one did you get more enjoyment out of? Honestly, the first one. I was going to say the same thing. 1976 I, I, was way more. It I was, don't know in a good I, way, but I enjoyed what it 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 gave me some food for thought, some things to think about. And I complained some, relentlessly, but it was way more entertaining to watch that shitty green screen thing at the end yes. than the crappy pop punk lip sync. Yeah. <laughs> It's just more enjoyable for yes. me. Yes, I, I I did enjoy the watching the first one more, where I felt like the mm-hmm. Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lee Curtis. I was more in a all right. Let's just fucking get through this. Yeah. Um, what are your final thoughts on after having watched these two movies? So my final thoughts, actually, um, we you brought it up earlier, mm-hmm. um, in a way. So this movie stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a conflict that will never stop. Mm-hmm. It will only change. Mm-hmm. The perspectives will only change. The the individual problems of parent and child will change as we get older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This movie I compare very, very much to A Star is Born in that that is a classic tale as well. Mm-hmm. I do not believe this is the last Freaky Friday movie we are going to see in, the, in theaters. I think there will be more to come uh, as the generations change. Mm-hmm. Overall, I, I, I like the idea of it. I'm, I'm a big fan, or uh, was when I was a kid, of I, 
all those other movies I mentioned, I have seen them many, many of time yeah. over. So um, I like the concept. I like the idea. I think the execution can only get better. I, I have no nostalgia for this movie. It was not one that we watched for whatever yeah. reason as a kid. Should have been right in our wheelhouse, I feel like, but I just, just didn't. Um, so I don't have any real great I, I, I wasn't this wasn't like something that i was like oh man it's good to rewatch this it was just kind of like oh I, so i kind of got to just come at it from a like i'm gonna judge this purely based off of me right now i have no nostalgia for it um so it was just i don't know it was interesting to to go back through and see it and see the different nuances i i do agree with you it is a good good story line it's a good kind of message for um everyone to be able to kind of go through there so with that being said we've heard our final thoughts I have to ask it, Paul. Was 2003's Freaky Friday really necessary? I think. I think. Um, <laughs> was that <laughs> specific one necessary? I. I don't know, but I will answer in a sense that I think Freaky Fridays are necessary. Okay. I think more Freaky Fridays. <laughs> the general concept. The of a general Freaky Friday. concept of Freaky Friday is necessary. <laughs> I will say that while I may not uh, agree with some of the things in the 2003, for the time of 2003, yes, that movie was necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they put that movie out today mm-hmm. with cell phones, social media, all the things that kids are dealing with. Well, they with, did. They made a 2018 version of it. Well, <laughs> I'm talking a big theater. Uh, gotcha. Uh, that yeah, one was not a, a musical, not a Disney, by the way. That yeah. was also a musical. That was a Disney Channel, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, Disney yeah. Channel musical. I'm talking, yeah. I, w- I think that they could do this and almost do it in a mm-hmm. dark, dark way. <laughs> um, An actual freaky Friday, spooky Friday? Well, I mean, the, 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 the 2003, we didn't have online bullying. Yeah. We didn't have YouTube. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a lot of things that kids today Interesting are dealing spin on with. It, yeah. That and, and that's why I say each generation's with this is going to change because mm-hmm. each generation of child is going to deal with something differently that their parents don't understand. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have this shit when we mm-hmm. were in high school. I, as a parent, am not going to know how to deal with this or what my kids going to experience with a camera at every fucking party, at everyone's hand, a videotape at every. There are so many things that this generation doesn't know how that our generation doesn't know what the current generation and it's not that far apart yeah but i remember i mean i just remember going to high school parties and there was never a camera it wasn't going to show up online it wasn't you just it wasn't a thing today Mm -hmm. it's just a totally different generation and i i would be interested in seeing more of these as as kids get older and Mm. generations change interesting so to to a short answer yeah Succinctly put, I don't think either of them were necessary. <laughs> I appreciate that they are made, but um, I I just didn't really enjoy either of these movies that much. I have some stuff to commend. I have some stuff that I hated about it. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate watching them necessarily, but uh, I don't think either of them were necessary, to be perfectly honest with you. I haven't seen the other versions. Maybe they were. Maybe Shelley Long really nailed it. Or maybe that musical really brings it all together. But I'm going to doubt it. I just, I'm just going to say probably not. I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably not as well. So that was that was the Freaky Friday thoughts in there. Uh, 
I get to choose what the next movie is that we uh, get to go through. So I get to reveal to Paul what our next uh, our next role will be here. Bring it on, bitch. Yeah, so next time we are going to be sitting down and taking a long, hard look at 1988's classic Die Hard and its sequel, Live Free or Die Hard from 2007. Because I want to know, did we really need more John McClane in our lives? Is it bad if I already know the answer to that? I mean, I already know the answer too, but we gotta we gotta record a whole hour long of us uh, being able to say that back and forth with our trademark witty banter thrown in Yippee, there. Yippee, kai yay, <laughs> motherfucker! So on that bombshell, we shall end the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I know we've been uh, off a little bit, but please rate and subscribe to us. Please help us out there. Tell us, tell your friends about it. Uh, you know, really, really give us some good numbers in there. And from everyone here, I am Zach Buell. And I am Paul Abbasong. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good rest of your week. Bye.